This is a podcast about failure. With me, Lola Berry, author, nutritionist, and yoga teacher. Join me as we get to know these guests and learn about how their failures have ultimately shaped their dreams. Welcome to Fearlessly Failing with Lola Berry. Hello, and welcome to the 100th episode of Fearlessly Failing with Lola Berry. I am, of course, the bosso, Matt Sofo. <laughs> hey, sexy legs. Interviewing Lola today. You are for our 100th welcome episode. Welcome to your own podcast. How what? are you? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. How are you? I'm pretty good. We are currently nestled down and bunkered down in Newcastle, and by the time this 100th 100th episode comes out. Hopefully, we're back in Bangalore at yes. our home. I'm very excited to Which go is home. also flooding right now. Yes. Apparently. I've been looking at photos on the community Facebook group. Matt is obsessed with the Bangalore <laughs> community Facebook group. I cannot tell you. It's like the residence group. So I keep up to date with what's going on. Is it true they post photos of snakes? No, I haven't seen any photos of snakes, but. Um, a lot of residents be like, oh, there's a snake in my backyard or I saw a snake on blah, blah, blah road or okay. someone come help me. There's a snake out in front of my house. I'm fascinated by the snakes of Bangalore, by the way. We've not I? seen one yet though. Not in Bangers. We saw one at Crystal Castle, a yep. whip snake. Whip snake, we did. And then we saw an eastern brown snake oh. getting rescued at Corumban Wildlife Hospital. Yes, we did. That was very interesting. Can you hear? Is that a vacuum out I there? There's a vacuum oh. somewhere going. We're just in Airbnb in Newcastle uh, because we got caught in the floods two days ago. We were driving from Sydney back home to Byron Bay and we got caught in an area called Taree where we saw literally a car in what should have been submerged in water. Yeah, it, it looked like it was in a lake, not a paddock. And yep. there's like, what, two or three inches of car left. Yep. Uh, I'm just trying to talk a lot while I can hear the... <laughs> it'll, it'll be fine. It'll go away. Um, I can hear the man by the... Oh, the, didn't we see the oh, vacuum? the cleaner. Up? The cleaner yeah. on the way. Anyway. That's right. Um, and then we we were in the area where if you saw that video of the house floating down the river in Tari, that's, that's where, where we, we were. were. We got told to sleep in our cars on the side of the road at Pacific Highway, which is still closed as we record this. Yep. So we've extended our stay in Newcastle for a few more days and hopefully by Friday, which is when this 100th episode will come out, hopefully Bosco. Yes. Who was a smart one to drive back to Newcastle? Yeah, I was all, all for the sleeping in the car adventure. No way. No way. I was way. like, oh, let's just sleep in our car in McDonald's car park. And boss was like, I'm going to have a panic attack if that's the case. And you just put, called it. And lucky because we would have been there for five days. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Five all right. days. Anyway, digress. This is your 100th episode, boss. It is, boss. How do you feel? So you're interviewing me. Uh I can't believe we're already at 100. The thing that, and I know I've said this before, the thing that blows me away about this pod is how much I've fallen in love with making a pod to the point that we've inspired other people to make a pod. Like are we sitting and talking? No, but like I've facilitated other people to be working with you and you You now edit their pods. And I'm like, so I just love it so much more than I expected to, if that sounds 
And it sounds yeah. really weird. No, it's great. It's oh, not weird. Are you, are the level's wrong. I see you No, it's, I was just having a quick look. He's checking the levels, everyone. Oh. oh. All right, so we should maybe get started. So just so you know, for the premise of this interview, so usually a Friday episode is a diary check-in. Yeah. And usually we do it from Byron Bay, although there's been a few Sydney ones because of travel and whatnot. But this episode, Bosco's going to going to interview me, although yep. I'm talking like the host right yeah, now. Yeah, you are. You are taking <laughs> over my podcast with you. Okay, take right. it away. I will zip so my beak. I think that we should start at the very beginning. Okay. With the first question being... What made you want to start a podcast? Few things. So we were talking about it for ages before we actually did yeah. it. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was my agents that like were like, do you want to do one? So we were having a few conversations early on with my agents. Uh, so shout out to Lauren and Rachel for actually planting the seed. And then I was – badgering you to do it with me for a while because obviously you've got the skill set being a music producer that you know how to edit and cut and make it all sound pretty, which I have no idea how to. So I was badgering you for quite a while. I want to say like six months. Yeah, probably a couple of months. Six. (laughs) 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 Sorry, reading into the mic. Uh, But this sounds like a really weird thing to say, but for me one of my career dreams is to be a TV host. Yeah. And so, and I love it. I love holding space and understanding what makes people tick and at the end of the day the essence of people or a person. And so for me uh, this is a way of having that without like to be completely honest, like I've auditioned to host TV shows before and I just don't get it. Like I don't get the role or it doesn't, the pilot doesn't get green lit or I think I've done like three different pilots that are all with me co-hosting and they never get off the ground. So a podcast means you can kind of flex that muscle of interviewing people and getting to know people and kind of like holding space to discover their true essence or passion or I use that word dharma in like like yoga world, like your yeah. purpose, uh, and you still get to kind of like explore that. And sure, we're not filming a lot of it, but well, any of it, it's all recorded auditory, but you're still energetically kind of doing the same thing. We could be filming right now. You could have set your phone up and filmed this. I know. I could have, couldn't I, and oh, whacked it on YouTube. But you didn't. Well, I do love that this pod is it's kind of like its own little yeah. entity now and it's it. The podcast is the leader, not me. Yeah. Like I'm merely a vehicle that sits with somebody yeah. in in a bid to uncover and uh, celebrate that person's true essence. Yeah. It can be anything. Did anybody inspire you to start a podcast? Were there podcasts you were listening to that inspired you to, to have your own podcast? Totally. So I binged. Uh, armchair expert with Dak Shepard yep. early on and I, I would definitely say his podcast totally influenced the way that I definitely began my interview style because it was my favourite podcast. I loved how unapologetically raw he was, especially about his own battles with addiction and so anytime he kind of like opened up about himself, I whilst interviewing guests, I found that really intriguing and so that's why you'll notice in the podcast, even when I'm interviewing someone, if that triggers something within me, I'll often be like, oh, I know how you feel. I was there too. Cool. Um, But we sometimes get feedback that I do that too much, don't we? No. Sometimes. You're great, Nego feedback. 
Ah, oh, there's always going to be at least negative Nancy. One or two negos. Someone got angry at me yesterday for the song choice I used on my Instagram, and I was like, "It's always someone can't that gets upset all. about something." Well, no, to be completely honest with you, like, and this sounds really negative, but there are so many fake dingoes out there. Yeah, and it's just oh, I'm talking too loud, and I'm getting no, passionate. No, you're fine. Uh, Matt's just changing the dial of the sound. No, you're good. You're, you're sure? perfect. You're perfect. Uh, so, yeah, there's so much fake out there and there's so much not real and there's so many people that aren't living true and real. And so I'm just like, ugh, I just want real people on the podcast. That's kind of the yep. goal now, which has changed quite like yep. at the beginning it's like what's the biggest name, what's the biggest celebrity that I can get now? It's like, no, who's living their truth? And yep. I want that person on the podcast. Yep. No, I like that. That's very, very cool. Mm. And I think you're always going to, you know, everyone has their own opinion. So there's always people that are either happy or you know, don't relate or they totally. might they might be triggered themselves by what you are talking about. And generally all the biggest podcasts I see and read their reviews, they've got just as many negative as really? positive. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um so brings me to my next question. Oh, nice segue oh. there. <laughs> what were the challenges when you started a podcast? Well, first of all, getting the guests, you, a lot, you get a lot of no's yeah. uh, and um, that's why I try to say yes as a guest when anyone asks me to go on a podcast, like I know what it feels like to try and book a guest and to be kind of like um, a bit intimidated or scared to get that guest and like, oh, little old me, I'm not going to be able to get someone. So I make sure as a guest I kind of jump at podcasts. Yep. Uh, but initially it would have been getting the guests and because podcasts are reasonably new, um, it wasn't a currency, especially at the start. And yep. so you'd be trying really hard to get this guest, but you couldn't give them any stats or be like, hey, we've had over 300,000 downloads. You can't – we're at that phase now. We weren't at that phase at the beginning. Yep. So you're kind of like um, really going out there and trying to um, wrangle guests early on. And I have to thank our first podcast guest, um, Georgia Love, Georgia Love, who, you know, is a really big name and a household name in Australia and jumped on it from the very beginning. And you also, shout out for her pod because you also edit her podcast, I, Everyone Has an I X. I do, yeah. I do. Yeah, it's a very good podcast. Mm, it, yeah, it's a very high rating podcast. Um, I think everyone kind of thinks that they now think that they can just start a podcast and they think it's quite easy. But mm. like would you do anything different or would you like – yeah, I think uh, I do think that, especially with I think COVID, a lot of podcasts were born out of COVID yeah. and lockdown, and um, it's not. I wouldn't say it's easy, especially like, and and this is a thing that everyone listening is know like it's fifty percent me, but it's fifty percent bosso. Like Matt does all the back end, uh, does all like make sure that everything sounds right, orders all the equipment, like all these mics we've got right now, the recorder. This is all Matt. Like sure. Um, I'll get the guests and I'll do all my research and yeah. I, I do deep dive. I probably spend about, I'm going to say about 12 hours per guest, would you say, researching? Potentially, yeah. yeah. I mean, you read a book the other day in like three days. Yeah, that's true actually. I had an author uh, called Candace Fox whose the episode's not out yet, but um, I really wanted to make sure that I had consumed her new book um, coming out called The Chase yeah. and I binge read it in about three yeah. days. And it is a big book yeah. too. It's also hard to interview. You, you don't realise the flow of a conversation mm. for a whole hour mm. and where it goes in the direction. And then also halfway through you have like 
brain farts and you start mm. saying um and like. I do it so much without even realizing. I'll say um and like so many times just because I'm struggling to find a word in an interview. So it is harder than people realize. You've given me feedback that I've got too many connecting words before, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. I'll look at him. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll like sometimes, see, I just said like. Um, What's and, mine? And Mine's um, um, isn't um, it? Um and like. So it, it is quite hard because you do struggle to find words sometimes or struggle to find the thoughts. We need more thought. lines, mate, in our lives. I, well, we I, shit, I have it fucking every day and I, know. I still do it. You dropped the first F-bomb there. I oh, love an F-bomb, so fuck don't worry. Fuck shit, fuck. Yeah. No, I like, I like it. So, Sorry, Nolly, my dad is, doesn't like the oh, F-bombs. I know. Um, it is hard. I think it is harder than people realise to interview and I think it is harder to form sentences and have verbal fluency than people realise. I think that people just think having a conversation is easy, but it's quite hard yeah, once, the I, inter- once the mic's in front of you. And I will say, like, as a guest, you can totally tell if someone's done their research or not. Of course. A thousand percent. I didn't interview, I don't know, like a week and a half ago, and someone's, like, literally said, so you've got two books out. And I've just written my 11th book. And so you've just got, you know, and and that doesn't matter, like far out, it's just a number. But I mean, it's not hard to figure, like just Google, you just Google the person and you're going to be able to figure out how many books, what their titles are. Uh, That said, when I interviewed Candace Fox, that um, crime fiction author, I couldn't figure out how many books she'd written because she co-authors a lot. And so it's really hard. Someone that's written that many, it's so hard. It was something like 16. Wow. Uh, But, yeah, the other thing that's the art form with interviewing, and this is why I think I've fallen more in love with it, and I probably I'd like to think that it's improved a little bit along the way, but, like, initially you do share a lot about yourself as well. And then... The more research and the more confident you get interviewing people, that's when I think you interview better because it becomes less about you and becomes so much more about the guest. Yeah, holding space for the guest. I just realised I keep looking. I'm sitting too next to you. I need to be sitting opposite. I'm just moving my mic a bit. All right. Oh, he's not going to like that. He checked at the start. He was like, are you comfortable there? Anyway. Um, I suppose that. Actually, I do have questions written out. Bit of a guideline, but um, we don't have to stick to them. But yeah. does has have you had any difficult guests, or do you feel like you've had difficult interviews where they haven't opened up, or they just don't relate to you, or they um, they just completely closed off and don't want to give you information, or don't want to talk about themselves, or just maybe they're a little bit of a bitchy person that yeah can't be fucked can't be fucked being there. Not so much people that. Can't like can't be after being there. That's never. I've never felt that. But I've had a couple of guests really not like the word failure, and like a publicist will write to me and be like, "Can you not say it's about celebrating failure?" And I'm like, "Just tell them to listen to an episode. We. It's not really about failure. It's about celebrating the highs and lows of someone's journey." Yeah. And so I've had a few people where their publicist has asked me to change the word failure for them. And I've kind of said, well, you know, how do they feel about fail- the term failing forward? And so I've had to, when interview the, interviewing them, make it more about failing yeah. forward as opposed to fucking up basically, yeah. which is what the podcast is about. But it's really just about being yourself. Uh, what, what do you think that says about the guest? 
just a bit con- maybe likes to hold on quite tight and maybe have a bit of control of their brand, which is yeah. also understandable. Like people work very hard to get to where they're at. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think as well I need to remember I'm not a polished person and so I love just real, raw, no filter, I don't think about, just be honest. Like when yeah. I get sent my questions as a guest, so if someone, a publicist or a booking agent, they send me the questions that, that the host is going to ask me. I never look at them because I don't want yeah. to premeditate my uh, answers at all. So often yeah. one thing that a hurdle that I come across all the time is someone, a publicist will say, can I please see the questions before the guest yeah. agrees? And I'll say no. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm mid my research of them and uh, it has to be organic and, and I'll often, I'll, you know, if I can feel there's resistance, which there was recently a bit of resistance on this exact topic, what I did was I just broke down the topics that I wanted to cover, cover. with that person yep. in, in relation to their life so they could, so the publicist could see that I'd done a lot of research on them already yeah. uh, and, and that I wasn't going to lead them up the garden, the garden path. I recently interviewed Sandra Sully. That episode hasn't come out yet, but she actually said it's as an as a journalist, she's like, it's not about the gotcha moment, which journalists are often looking at that for that kind of yep, like that grab. Yeah, the clickbait or the hook. And and I think that's what a publicist's job is to protect the talent of from course. a gotcha moment. Yeah. So I totally understand, but I don't like to premeditate. And I will 100% like, boss, you've seen my notebook. I'll have so many notes, highlight, yeah. highlighter bits. I interviewed three authors last week and I had each of their books with like highlighted notes and clippings and you know, we had Jules Sebastian and yeah. her episode's coming out next Monday and she got a little bit teary seeing all the notes because she, yeah. she's like, oh, my goodness. She someone's... appreciated that. Yeah, yeah, so I think everybody is completely different. But, yeah, I've definitely had difficult – I've had people halfway through an interview go, you can't ask me that and like stop the yeah. interview and, and say, you know, you need to take that out of the interview in the middle of the interview and that felt – a yeah. bit jarring in the middle yeah. of the interview. I've had heaps of guests ask for stuff cut out after the interview. Um, I've also done that as a guest myself. I, if I felt like I've overshared something that's maybe like an unresolved legal matter, yeah. uh, that's the only time that I personally as a guest have been like, oh, I've just got to protect that for a, a couple more months or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, that's about it that's been harder. Uh, I find... Uh, no one's been mean or bitchy to mean that's never happened because you're ultimately there to celebrate their yeah. them, their profile, their brand, whatever they're pushing business-wise at that point in time. So you're there, you're on their team. Yeah. But yeah, some people and and the other thing I don't love that I you can tell as an interviewer when you're getting it rehearsed rehearsed answers. answers yeah, which I was going to ask as well. Like I felt. And I mean, honestly, I think in the last hundred episodes, there's only been maybe one one guest that I felt wasn't completely genuine, and it was a bit of a cookie cutter answer, media like training. Yeah, you know, um, that I didn't love, and I definitely didn't relate to that person. Yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah, I thought. Do you think anyone else was? How many people do you think? Fit into that kind of category. Three, probably off Three the top of my head. In the last hundred. Two, definitely, and maybe yeah. a third. And I'm just accounting for if I've missed someone that I yeah. thought had that response. But remember, some of these people that you get on are amazing talents. And, you know, they're public speakers, they could be authors, they yeah. could be. Uh, and so sometimes you just find someone that's just like, 
so well versed and so well rehearsed in it that yeah. uh, for you to get something really extra out of them or get them to, you've got to one deep dive so heavily, but two, you've got to quickly make them comfortable in your presence yeah. so that they're willing to go there and willing to open up. Like yeah. uh, we had Zoe Tarakis on Monday episode this week and which is technically today we're recording this in advance but um Zoe I was so nervous to interview but Zoe said to me after like ah I felt very open like they actually said um what did what did they say um they actually said I feel like I can trust your eyes so with connecting to guests um we were obviously in lockdown for a good 10 months. Yeah. How did you go Talks. doing Zoom interviews? How did you feel about doing Zoom interviews? Zoom is hard. Yeah, online is hard. Like I know it's so great that we can all still create content while staying at home, so I don't want to um, discredit and we and as a result it kept our podcast totally Going. alive. Yep. And we were able to get guests that we usually wouldn't get like uh, actors in LA. We had quite yep. a few like Ash Brewer was unreal and like Ash Brewer, who's a really successful Australian actor currently in LA, um, it didn't work the first time. So we literally had a time booked with her. I think we were using a weird online like yeah. Riverside or something, a weird yeah. on, or like we were using a different streaming service to record and it wouldn't work on Ash's computer and then it so we had to like move that whole podcast by a so week, re-recorded it. I felt yeah. like a total dickhead. I felt like yeah. I'd let her down. And she was unreal and so patient and so lovely uh, with us and yeah. with the kind of like moving beast that is online. But then you have an interview and it was an incredible interview as well, but like we got Joel Jackson during lockdown. I don't know how I would have got either of those actors uh, if it wasn't for lockdown because they're both very, very busy actors. Uh, the other um, thing that's hard is like it glitches, you know, internet cuts out, you, you know, even if you've got great internet or MBN or Wi-Fi, the other guest on the other side of the world might not be and might not have it. Like recently we interviewed Joe Wicks, the body Joe coach, Wicks, yeah. who is Frigging legend, by the way. So honest, so real, so free. Uh, but there was a lag. Little every, delay. Yeah. Every interview, every question that I asked, it clipped like the first half a second of it, it, his response every single time. Yeah. So Matt had to literally go in and edit. That would have taken you so long to edit. It did. Yeah. Yeah. Just take. I, was so I just scared. basically I just had to take all the silence out. Yeah. So it didn't sound like yeah there was second delays in between the question and answer. But also that affects the tone of the interview because you can see the whole way through that there's a delay yeah. and you know that every time you ask a question, his response is delayed and then every time that he answers, your your response or next question is delayed and so that it also affects the tone of it and often what I'll do when I'm doing a, a Zoom interview with someone in America or London or whatever, uh, I'll sit there with my diary and when I see a glitch because we'll keep the video aspect on just because you write a note. it makes it a bit more easy, a little bit easier to connect when you can see the person's face yeah. and I'll just timestamp wherever there's a little glitch. Uh, but we still use Zoom. We really like Zoom, don't we? Yeah, I think it's the easiest option. but And we still use it. Like we still are yeah. doing online interviews, but my 
my preference is always to in person, in which person. is why we were in Sydney. We had yeah. five podcasts back to back, pretty much. Booked. Yeah, and a TV segment and a TV segment. Oh wow! Remember that time you made me go to Sydney with you, and then we got stuck in a flood. Ha 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 ha! Yeah, we're still stuck <laughs> in that flood, aren't we? The one yeah. time we don't fly. I know because I had blocked ears, so Matt was very amazing. I didn't want to perforate an eardrum. He was like, let's just drive and go together. But it has been an amazing adventure. Yes. And Newcastle's beautiful. Yeah, just I've rainy. Never, I've never been to Newcastle. I got to experience I just hope the rain stops for a pinch so we can do a little walk. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Feels like we're in a little bit of like a lockdown again. Totally. It feels, it's taking me back to lockdown life for yeah. sure because you can't really get out. But we'll be fine. We'll be so fine. Maybe boy. Wednesday we'll go. Yeah. Well, so they've been all the difficulties. What have been your favourite moments? It's so hard because every time you ask this in like a season wrap-up, I, I remember the most recent guest. Like yeah. this this time at Christmas, I was like Dennis Walter, Dennis Walter, Dennis yeah. Walter because I just had him on. I was so nervous to interview him. He's got that incredible dulcet-toned voice, you know, and then the last person that we interviewed was… Zoe. Zoe Taraka, so I was just like, and, and like I keep saying like Zoe is so real and it just inspires me to be unapologetically myself. Yeah. And and I say like, and I mean in all elements of life, I know uh, Zoe is an activist for trans people but also like anything that you do in life, like I imagine everything that Zoe does is like, well, what's real for me in this moment? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but also, like, we interviewed some incredible people in Sydney, like Samantha Wills really opens up about all of her incre- incredible business uh, life and, like, literally opens up. So anyone that knows Samantha Wills, she's a jewellery designer, well, incredible jewellery yeah. mogul, and uh, but talks about, like, being 80K in debt early on, you know, and having five credit cards and literally being at the checkout and each one being denied. So that was really incredible that she was just so very open. Um, oh, like, best of the best of... Interviews is such a tricky one. I mean, I always go back to Joel Jackson because he, he shared so much. As I know, you think yeah, I have a crush on him, and he is so handsome. I will totally acknowledge that. If he ever hears us doing any of these roundups, I'm going to be that embarrassed when uh, I see I, him. Hundred percent, he hears them. Do you reckon he listens to our pods? Yeah, he does. Well, if you do, hello, oh, hello, hello, Joel. <laughs> Uh, but also just like uh, very humble but also has yeah. done so much great stuff and not nothing with Zoe, like not affected by all the success that they've had. Like Zoe's won awards and just turned 21 today. I know, crazy. Joel's won sh- shitloads of awards as well. Yeah. Beating nearly everything you can be in in Australia, work with Daniel Radcliffe and just like so unaffected by the celebrity and the fame side of what they do. I love, yeah. like, I love that. I also love creatives. So, you know, really kind of like artsy people yeah. blow, blow me away, you know. You know, one of the biggest episodes um, we've done is still Tim Silverwood. Yeah. Take Three for the Sea. So do you know the interesting thing about that interview? So he was, yeah, the founder of Take Three for the Sea, an incredible yeah. environmental initiative. 
I thought I had fucked up that interview so badly because he is so smart. His his intellect is so yeah. high. And when we were talking, I was he was talking a lot about politics and I was like, oh, fuck, this is all going over my head. And I was so scared that I was doing the interview a disservice. And to this day, like, he's one of the highest pods that we've had on. Yeah. Yes, what I say. And he's I, so lovely. Um. His podcast as well kind of got like a normal amount of plays and then all of a sudden just got, started going exponential in its plays like a little bit later on. I forget that you see the back end of yeah. all, all of it. What other ones are really high? I know Georgia Love's a really high one. Georgia Love's always been a, a – like it still gets a lot of plays. I think Emmy Lou is really high. Emmy Lou, yeah, she, definitely. She opened up heaps on the podcast about – like losing a friend in a skydiving accident, and yeah. that, and while Emily also jumped in that same skydive, and that was really confronting. And she talks about it so just like. Yeah. Another thing about interviewing people, I went to Emily Lou's house to interview yeah. her, and I went to Jules Sebastian's house to interview. Are we allowed her. to talk about Jules Sebastian's house? It's so beautiful, <laughs> isn't it? They have cool. a um, fridge for. Meat. Yeah. Just hanging For dry, meat dry meat. aging meat. I thought you were going to say the grand piano when you walk in. Oh, that was nice too. And there's like a steam room out the back. It's yeah. so beautiful. I'm pretty sure like Vogue Living has surely yeah, covered that have. house. It's but so- the meat fridge was like amazing. Oh. <laughs> but but I do think interviewing people in their own environment, Space, yep. uh, it just it means that they're already quite relaxed. That said, in Sydney, everyone came to our hotel, but yep. we went to Jules, but everybody else came to the hotel. And I kind of like that too. I think uh, an interview in person versus online is like, you can't compare them. When you're in real life, you're making eye contact, you can feel the person's energy. You know, like every guest that we had on in Sydney, like I hugged before. I feel so lucky to be able to say I hug people after I know, all you the can COVID touch people stuff. Again. Yeah. And like, and I think when you hug someone, there's something that really connects you and bonds you with that person. And therefore, there's a. Are you writing a text message? No, I just wrote a note in my phone. Wow. To ask a question at the end. I thought he was literally writing a text and I was about to do a Johnny drama so on you. so rude. Have you seen that Johnny drama Entourage episode where he's doing an audition and one of the people in the audition room scrolling yeah, yeah, their yeah, phone yeah, or yeah, doing yeah. an email and he loses his fucking shit? Yeah. Do you know the- hey, did you know that um, on, there's an Entourage podcast? No. With Johnny drama? Yeah, it's called Victory the Podcast. I have to listen to it. Yeah, we should oh, start. I think yeah. it's with Doug Ellis, which is – the, oh, um, creator. Creator, yeah, or producer, whatever he is. Uh, or showrunner maybe. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, I boss, don't know. Let's listen. Yeah. I need a new podcast. We've got a binge of podcasts on the way back and I get too oh, scared of nine, listening. Nine to, hours to, driving. It might be a little bit less by Wednesday, <sighs> hopefully. Uh, so other standouts oof. or moments or. Can I get my phone up to look at yeah, the Of course pod? you can. I'm just going to scroll through uh, guest names because people will be listening going, but what about this person? Mm. But what about this person? And I'll be like, shit. Uh, I said Joe Wicks. Joe Wicks is incred because he really opens up about his dad was a heroin addict and Joe grew up like really, really humble beginnings, him and his bro, Nikki, who I've met as well. And I'm pretty sure his mum had Nikki at 17 and then Joe at 19. So He's been a dream guest for you for a long time. I was too nervous to ask him. How many months was I like, I just want to write to Joe and see if I'll get him him on the podcast. Uh, Also, 
um, plug for Joe's app. It's now available in Australia and New Zealand, so oh, you yeah. can get the Body Coach app. Um, I'm just scrolling through. Oh, Lizzie from Bridgerton, the sex. Lizzie Talbot? Lizzie Talbot, the. Intimacy um, coordinator. In, yeah, she was really cool. Still writes to me on Insta. I, I We just had binge watched Bridgerton mm. and I had listened to a podcast with her and I was like, oh, my God, Matt, we've got to get her on. And that took a bit of like Lizzie was quick but I had to get through her publicist and that was a bit trickier. So that took a bit of wangling to get her on. That was really, really cool. Very though. interesting and topical. So interesting, so topical. Okay. Oh, oh. Natural Harry did really, really well on the yep. pod. And you've it? done two with Natural Harry. Nat, two with Natural Harry. Yep. Max May. I, oh. I, I could listen to his voice all day. He's got such a beautiful we love voice. Max. I know. And I did TV in Sydney. And because of COVID, you've got to rock up with a full face of makeup. And I don't own foundation. I just put a flick of mascara on and away I go. Yeah. And Max was like, babe, come into my house. And he gave me a full makeup tutorial, loaded me up with all the makeup that I needed to do TV makeup. What a legend. I know. Brushes, the works. Kira Rumble, mm-hmm. her trigger warning with her reps talks a lot about um, some really rough and traumatic stuff she's been through, but she's really – quite vulnerable and open. And then, of course, we did the series with Jab Patrick. Yeah. All about uh, mindfulness. We did a six-part mindfulness series. Also, there's some stuff on um, Crumble's episode that I don't think she's ever talked about with anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff. Yeah, it's a really, 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 really deep and quite heavy. Oh, Liesl Jones, chicken. Yeah, Liesl. She's cool. Uh, Also talks about really heavy stuff. Yeah. Really like opens. A lot of people open up. Megan Gale. Megan Gale. That was that we recorded that around Christmas time, didn't Mm. we? Wow. And we were actually going to get Sean Hampson on the pod, but then COVID happened and then we moved. No, I'll try and get him when I go back down to Melb's. So many cool people on here. Like I'm just like, oh, my God, but there I met Renee Barge when we moved to. Yeah. She was literally on our second day when we moved to Byron. Greg Cave. Oh, Greg. Greg. Oh, Greg. We love Greg. Yeah, the uh, director, general manager, co-creator of Gaia Retreat and Spa. Uh, Oh, I have to say my fave ever acting coach, Ian Sinclair. Yep. If you're into human behaviour, you should listen to that one because he talks about human behaviour more even than he talks about acting. Yeah. All right, next question. Oh, so many favourites. What's next for the podcast? So I want to see, I've got, as you know, I've got a lot of travel coming up this year and um, so the Byron diary Friday check-in will morph as the travel morphs but the the Friday check-in is here to stay. Uh, we have got some really exciting guests coming up. So we record at the moment we're recording about eight guests ahead of time. Yeah. We – because often if you're working with publicists of the guests, uh, they'll have embargoes around book releases or times that things can come out. So we kind of time in with people and what they need. Um there's a few more guests I really want to get, uh, especially a few more Byron kind of local talent that I really want to get. Yeah. Uh, it'll just depend on and, – and like there's one that I've been wanting to get for ages but because he's got a book coming out in June, we're trying to time it. It's just a bit tricky. Uh, so, yeah, I think 
the Friday check-in is here to stay. The Monday episodes are going to be just the most interesting people that I can find. If you, the listener, has anyone that you really want me to get on the pod, yeah. please DM me and, and tell us who you want to hear. It, it can be anywhere in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Oh, very, And I've got very... a book coming out. Do you mean like what I've got coming on or do no, you mean? No, it's more the podcast. Like what's what, where do you see the podcast going? What, you know. Do you... Oh, you're not going to let me do a shameless plug of a book coming okay, out. Okay, tell us about September. your book. No, 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 no. I just meant there's a book coming out later in the year. So that that might mean, you know, I'm sure I'll talk about it on the pod. Do you know what I mean? Oh, maybe you could do a special book series. Well, that was your the... idea. I totally It was my do idea. It. I have all the good ideas. You do. Um. Would you change anything looking back? About the pod? Yeah. Obviously there's a lot of trial and error at the start, but would you try would you change anything or would you do anything different? Was there anyone that you wouldn't have on? Would you say, oh, there's a couple of I was just that- trying to think that. I was just trying to be like, if I did I do any favors for anyone, I would never do that ever. I wouldn't jeopardize the podcast now to keep someone happy. I say no a lot to guests, don't yeah. I? Yeah, yeah. The amount of publicists that write to me about someone that's got an eating disorder story and I'm like, have you done your research? Like I've talked so openly about my own eating disorders mm. as have like how many of my guests, 10? Yeah. Yeah. Like Olivia Molly Rogers really opens up a lot about that and I think she nails the way she talks about it. So, yeah, uh, yeah I say no probably to half, the more than half the people that approach us, I would say. Yeah. And I'm very comfortable saying no. I don't feel like um, – I and I, that that might sound really fucking wanky, but no. I just I want to protect the pod. It's got to be true to the essence of the pod, and that doesn't mean that person is wrong or not good enough for the pod. It just means we've already covered that with somebody, yeah. or uh, I don't want it to be known. That's another thing. At the pod, I don't want it to be known as a recovering eating disorders podcast. I don't want it to be known as a wellness podcast at all. Uh, we get a lot of naturopaths, nutritionists pitch to come on the podcast, and I'm yeah. like, well. I kind of tick that box. Like yeah. we don't. I'm. I'm not interested in it being a wellness podcast. It never has been a wellness podcast. It is more about people with an interesting essence and that are going yeah. after their dreams fearlessly. Yeah, and be inspiring. Totally, totally. Yeah. It's. It is the concept. Like, like I come back to it at the start. My dream is to be a TV host, but interview people that have really interesting stories. That's been my dream since as long as I can ever remember. Yeah. I remember I hung my shoes up when I worked in TV. I remember I thought, well, I, I still work in TV, but I was, did a segment and I thought I was being so fake. I talked about, I got asked to do a morning TV segment years ago and they're like, can you talk about, Beyonce has lost all this weight, can you talk about how to how she, you know, achieved that through her vegan diet. And then I did it. I went on, done this story on it, talked about what she'd been eating, kind of like basically broke the diet down for the show. And then they got me on a couple of weeks later and they're like, oh, actually, now it's Victoria's Secret season. Can you talk about how the Victoria's Secret models get their bodies so great? And I talked about eating steamed chicken and broccoli. And I remember I got off and I started crying and I was like, my whole ethos is to inspire people and I'm inspiring no one, least of all myself. So I hung up my TV shoes. I was like, you're not doing any more segments until you sort your shit out basically. Enrolled in to become a yoga teacher and actually had a friend that is no longer a friend, but say to me, hey, you're being really fake. You're really fake. After I'd done all this yoga teaching, done all this like 
work on myself, taken like five, maybe even like seven months off. Book writing, TV, you name it, really kind of just went to this like healing whirlwind. And I remember looking back at that person and saying, I'm not fake. And I went home mortified, so upset. And I wrote down, what would you do if nothing else mattered? And I wrote, I would live in a tree, live in a tree house and interview people that inspired me mm. about themselves. And that's what I'm technically doing here. And sure, I thought it would be a film TV series and I still might get that. That's the goal, right? But right now it is in the form of this podcast and I frigging love that. Yeah. Okay. Very, very nice. Uh, no banter on that? that no. Point? It's, no. Why, you answered everything perfectly. What would you say to people wanting to start a podcast? Because it is the age of the podcast at the moment. Everyone feels like they have a voice and they have something to say. What's your advice there? Do it. But like work with someone like you, like have yeah. have someone in your corner that has the skill set to make sure that it sounds great, that can help you make an audiogram, that knows how to upload it onto the right kind of platform so it can be heard. Yeah. You know, I think you can't do it without someone like a Matt in your corner, like Sure, you can have the passion and want to interview people and want to hear about people's stories, but you need someone who who has the skill set that can edit, that yeah. can cut, that can make sound bites, that can give you feedback, that can tell you what kind of mics you need. You need a you. Yeah, but not me because I'm pretty busy right now. You could write <laughs> to us and get a get a mat as well. Um, and I think one other point there that I'll probably chime in with is it takes longer than people realize. For anything, for any yeah. career. I always say whatever you think, if you've got a career plan or a, a business dream, like even I used to own a smoothie bar and I go, it's always going to take you three times longer than you yeah. predict yeah. with anything, writing a book, anything. Yeah. yeah, definitely. All right, last question. Ooh. Sum it up. One dream guest. No, really? Because yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't want to say it because I, I'm, I really want to get him. I really want to get him on the pod so badly. Okay. But so, I, you know, when you get scared, you're going to jinx it. What if I cross my fingers? Yeah, but I mean, it, 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 someone that you think right now is completely out of your reach. Okay. Like so Dutch that, Shepherd. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. He'd be amazing. Okay. Yeah. So I'll put the one that I'm trying to get in Hollywood on. I'll keep that secret. Okay. Oh, he just looked at me like he thought yeah. I was a total douchebag no. then. Uh, and, um, a Dax Shepherd would be freaking amazing. If you ever listen to this, Dax, you are the reason I have a podcast because you yeah. inspired me so much. But I'm going to say my ultimate, oh, I don't think I'm smart enough or funny enough to get this person. I'm going to lay it out on the line. But I think I know, but go. Oh, who do you think it is? Ricky Gervais. Oh, my God, he's the ultimate everything. <laughs> I love Ricky Gervais so much. He is the reason I don't question my personal life. Like yeah. he, like I sometimes get a lot of pressure about having kids yeah. and stuff, freezing eggs, and then I just, there's this one interview I watch on repeat of Ricky Gervais and, I, and it's him winning a BAFTA sitting next. I think his partner's name is Jane, but I could be Not wrong. Sure. And um, he's won his first BAFTA, I think for either extras or the office, and he looks to her and says, he's 41 years old, and he says, why did I wait this long? And she said, you needed to live before this could happen. Yeah. You needed to have these life experiences before you got to this stage. So I watch that whenever I'm feeling demotivated. I was going to say... 
Jason Bateman. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but I think he's too smart for me. He's so smart, so dry, so witty, like creator of Ozark, uh, actor, director, producer, but so funny. And and he actually interviews Ricky Gervais on his podcast that I love called Smartless. Smartless. And uh, there's this bit where he just he just has one line. Any of his comedy, I mean, you love him from Arrested Development. Any of his comedy is just lands like it's mm. like it's like you can hear a pin drop in the room. Yeah. And there's this bit where Ricky Gervais is making a joke about how muscly he is, and and Jason Bateman just goes, "So do you like to blast buys or tries <laughs> or something like?" He's just so. One step ahead and so smart. Like I've interviewed uh, Nazim, the comedian on here before, and it's scary interviewing yeah. comedians because they're so fast, their brains are faster. There's something different about a comedian's brain. But, yeah, Jason Bateman would be epic. I mean, Ricky Gervais takes the okay, cake. well, you only get one, so you have to choose one. No, don't yes. do that to me. Then I need to pick a third. I need to pick someone different <laughs> again. Uh, okay, 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 okay. I actually thought of another one, which might be your kind of cool dream guest. Yeah. Um, Lana Del Rey. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, Lana Del Rey would be epic. Yeah. Epic. Okay, dream, here we go. One more. Dream guest, but not alive. Okay. Oh, George Harrison. Okay. Hands down. Yeah, Who yeah. would yours be? I was going to think like, a yeah, maybe a Beatle. Because we yeah. recently heard Paul McCarthy on Smartless yeah. and it was incredible. Yeah. Give me another McCarthy. Oh, sorry. What did you say? McCarthy. McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, give, can you pick another one then that's not a musician? Because you're always going to be a musician. Me? Yeah. As a guest? Yeah. A non musician? I don't know any oh, non musician. You would say Prince then if you couldn't say. Oh, the yeah. Prince. Come on. Come on. Yeah. I reckon, um, yeah, Prince or. Um, Do you know who I'd get? Michael Jackson. Yeah. You love Michael Jackson too. Um, oh, no. I get Steve Irwin. Yeah. You know how much Steve yeah. Irwin is a huge inspiration to me in all seriousness. Most people laugh and like, <laughs> you're going to wrestle a broccoli. And again, it's that authentic, like doesn't give a shit about what people think. They are just themselves. That's yeah. what blows my mind about Steve Irwin. Oh, can we just do can one we, more guest, one um, more dream let's, guest? Let's put out in the universe maybe um, like a Bindi or a, what's a Bindi the, Irwin, a Robert, yeah. what's his name? Is it Robert? Rob Irwin. Rob yeah, Irwin yeah. or... Um, What's the mum's name? Terry. Um, Terry. Well, Terry I dedicated Owen. one of my books to Steve Owen and Terry gave me a tour of Australia Zoo and like organised it for me. I didn't get to yeah. meet Terry. And uh, what else happened? I got to go into like the enclosures with the binturongs and feed them and they're like yeah. these half bear, half possum Let's things. put that out in the universe that oh, we get that an Irwin. Be, that would be amazing. Mm. Oh, very good. Hang on, let's do one more dream guest just for fun. Oh, Margot Robbie would be epic. Yeah. Be a good one. Or she's not that far away from. No, she's too close to even. That's possible. Yeah. Okay. So hang on. What about like. Um, what do they say? You're only seven degrees of separation from anybody. I, I didn't think we'd get Zoe Tarakis. I thought yeah. that was too hard. Like I was like, mm. they're way too successful to say, yeah. Not that other people are not successful, but I just, actors are hard because when they're busy, you can't access them. Of course. And if they get a little um, break in filming and Zoe was like touch and go with. Uh, Timings. Yeah. Uh, their agent was like, it's going to be this day or this day. It'll depend on filming commitments. So like, you know, they're quite hard to get actors. Hang on. One more, one more, one more. This is such a fun game, boss. We could down the whole podcast on Dream Guests. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Epic. That'd, that'd be cool. 
also he's like I look up for Jimmy smart, Fallon right? so so much. Will Farrell. Now we're just listing our favorite actors oh, and this funny is true. people. Funny people. We can't do that. Okay, okay, then um, I think Ryan Murphy would be phenomenal, the creator yep. of like Glee, American Horror Story, Hollywood. Uh, I think Ryan Murphy has done so much for uh, the arts and, and what's represented in the arts. Yeah. Uh, I love that he's all about diversity. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big Ryan Murphy fan. Cool. You would love Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh. That's your hall pass, isn't it? Yes. Matt, Matt's got a big fat crush on Gwyneth. I am the Goop a, Queen. A, available anytime. <laughs> Righto. Okay, great. Thank you, boss, for interviewing me. I Thank need a you. wee so bad. Really? Yeah, sorry. Did you go sharing. before we started? Yeah, but I had a coffee and coffees go through, you know. Okay. Sorry, I probably shouldn't have shared. That's an overshare, isn't it? Congratulations on 100 episodes. Thanks. Thanks for interviewing me for the 100th there in, in Newcastle in what feels a little bit like lockdown because it's floods outside. means I've had to edit, edit 100 of your episodes and hear Come your on. voice, you listen have to, to your voice 100 times. Come on. Who said my voice? Jules Sebastian said I had a lovely voice, didn't she, Jess? Yeah, you got so many compliments that day. Matt's like, what? A bogan voice? Ah. Oh. Ah. Oh. <laughs> True blue. True blue. Oh, You're the true. most bogan Aussie I've ever dated. Excuse me? <laughs> That's not nice, boss. But it's true. Oh, we? We are going to have a little chat ski after this, are we not? Talk about this later. Yeah, <laughs> joking. I am very bo- – I, I like that I'm really Aussie. Do you know my voice coach, Matt Falani, he's also been on the podcast. I went to him for general American accent work, which I haven't practised for two weeks, my accent yeah. stuff. Anyway, uh, and I said to him, oh, I don't want to lose my ochre. And he was like – Oh, Lola, uh, it's sweet that you think that. Like he's like, number one, you won't lose it. But number two, what makes an Australian accent so Australian is actually a lazy jaw, lazy tongue. Like we actually need to make your like mouth, jaw, tongue much more economical. And and they say an American actually uses so many more muscles in their mouth than what we do, Aussies. Really? So they like, you know, they, they have this like silkiness to their voice. You know, they're they're very um I feel like they they land their syllables more than Australians. What do you reckon? Okay. Australians. This isn't the time for your rehearsal, boss. Oh, this is the end of the podcast. <laughs> People are gonna be like okay. tapping out right oh, now. Oh, tap you out more. Mm, yes, okay. please. Oh. <laughs> Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening to our hundredth episode, but for listening to all of the episodes, Matt's winding me up. No, okay. I'm just saying press stop when you're ready to, oh, oh. after your wrap-up. Well, you should wrap it up. You are the interviewer. Go for well, it. Well, thank you for having me interview you and um, congratulations. Thanks, Bosco. Love you. Love you. Thanks for making it happen, this pod. It's all you. That's all right. That's a wrap on another episode of Fearlessly Failing. As always, thank you to our guests. And let's continue the conversation on Instagram. I'm at Yummo Lollaberry. This potty, my word for podcast, is available on all streaming platforms. I'd love it if you could subscribe, rate and comment. And, of course, spread the love. Mm-hmm.